Hello, Flatironers. This is Sean, Director of Teacher Training, with the third episode of our TTT cast. This time it's on scaffolded learning, which is the second of our Flatiron educational principles. Scaffolding is a term that's commonly used in education, and it makes sense to dig into its meaning and why it's not only a valid educational technique, but it's also essential for learning. So scaffolding is based on the idea that new learning is always built on a foundation of prior knowledge, and that the job of the teacher is to help the learner build bridges from the existing knowledge to the new concepts. So let's break that down a little bit. When you learn something new, it's not that you internalize the information wholesale without relating it to anything in your experience. It's very much the opposite. When you learn something new, you typically find ways to make bridges to that material. So for instance, if you're learning to ride a bicycle and you have already ridden a tricycle, you know how to pedal, you know how to steer, now you're trying to learn how to balance. And so someone who is teaching you how to ride a bike might scaffold your learning rather than send you on your way and see what happens by holding on to the back of the bike as well as the handlebars initially to make sure that you don't fall over while you're starting to get your equilibrium. And then they might scaffold it further as you start to attain mastery over basic balance by just holding the back of the seat or maybe holding your shoulder. And then they might take that a step further by letting you go little bits at a time by yourself without actually holding on. And so that's what's meant by scaffolding. It means bringing the learner just a little bit past their comfort zone, a little bit past what they already know, but also supporting them as they learn the new concepts. We've all had experiences like this, whether it's learning to ride a bike or learning math or learning to code, where the teacher, whether that's a parent or an actual teacher, brings you just a little bit past what you know. And that's where your learning actually happens. So all of this can be traced back to several influential educational theorists. One was Jean Piaget, who came up with the idea of assimilation versus accommodation of knowledge, where assimilation means fitting new things into existing mental maps without actually understanding them necessarily, but finding places for them. And that leads to misunderstandings or misconceptions and is not exactly what we want for our learners. The idea of accommodation is that learning can fit in when there's room that's been made for it by unpacking mental models and helping make space for this new concept that's different from something that's been learned before. And speaking of making space for new understandings, you might have noticed that I'm using the term mental models without defining it. So I want to define it so that you can accommodate this understanding a little bit better. So a mental model is essentially a representation of the learner's understanding. So it's their framework for understanding a concept or a discipline or the world. So a mental model is essentially a map of understanding. It shows the connections between ideas. It shows how the learner has understood things. 
And by the way, I'm describing it as if it exists. This is just a representation of what actually happens in the brain. Your brain does not actually have maps. We'll make sure to unpack that misconception right now. But if you were to draw out those relationships between ideas in your brain, you would be able to actually create a visual representation of your understanding of the world. So a good teacher wants to build on top of those maps. Just like you would extend roads on an existing map, you can extend learning by creating scaffolding that allows the learner to accommodate knowledge, not just assimilate. And there's another educational theory that bears mentioning. This one was developed by a Soviet psychologist named Lev Vygotsky, and it's the idea of the zone of proximal development. And so this idea is that every person has a sort of sphere of understanding. I like to think of it as a lumpy blob of understanding. Makes it sound very appealing, right? But when you think about it, your understanding is actually made up of lumpy areas where you've developed the understandings a little bit more in a certain way, but it's not completely even across the entire whatever topic or discipline. You have certain areas that you understand better than others. So Vygotsky's theory is that the learning that is necessary takes place just beyond the edge of that lumpy blob. And so when we extend that theory, the job of the educator is to determine the learner's awareness and understanding of a given concept or discipline, and then scaffold them to areas that are just a little bit beyond what their current level of understanding is. And we have a concept for that here at Flatiron. We talk about the comfort zone, the stretch zone, and the panic zone. That maps on very nicely to Vygotsky's zone of proximal development. When you're in your comfort zone, you don't learn. When you're in your panic zone, which is way beyond the edge of that lumpy blob, you don't learn. And where you need to be to learn is in that stretch zone, just a little bit past what you are currently capable of doing. And so that is the nature of scaffolding. It's determining where the learner's knowledge gaps are, where that edge of that lumpy blob of the edge of the zone of the proximal development is, and figuring out what's the next thing that they should learn. How can I help them understand that next thing? And that can only be done through assessment. There is no way to know what someone knows unless you assess their level of understanding. And just to be clear, assessment does not mean a test. Assessment means a gauge of the learner's level of knowledge. And there will be a whole other series of episodes on the notion of checking for understanding because it's absolutely critical to assess where the learner's knowledge actually is because that's the only way you know where their zone of proximal development is and it's the only way that you're going to help them learn most effectively. If you've listened to the first episode of the podcast, you'll know that I like to bring constructivist principles into my teaching. And even if my teaching is through a podcast, I like to apply constructivism to it. So because I can't assess your level of understanding personally, you're going to need to self-assess. And I want you to think about these questions 
pause the recording after each one and see if you can answer the question. So the first question is, how is the idea of scaffolded learning supported by the concept of ZPD, the Zone of Proximal Development? Again, hit pause. The second question is, when have you experienced or witnessed scaffolded learning, and was it effective? And pause again, please. And the third is, can you come up with an example of how you might scaffold a learning experience, whether it's in your classroom or online interactions with students or one-to-one -one interactions with students? How might you create a scaffolded experience? Again, pause to think about it. I'll finish up with a couple techniques that can foster scaffolded learning. One is the exit ticket. And this means the thing that the student has to do in order to leave the classroom. It's their ticket out. And so a good way to set up an exit ticket is to set up a question that the students should be able to answer by the end of class, or at least attempt to answer if they've been you know, paying attention. And you want to set this up in advance of your class. You know what you're going to be teaching. You know the concepts you're going to be teaching. What's the one thing that you would want your students to think about as they leave the room. And so you ask them the question, maybe you put it up on the screen or write it on the board, and the students answer the question before they leave. And this should be a short question. This shouldn't be a long thing to answer. Something that they can do in maybe one minute at the end of class. And then you collect those, whether that's through a poll or scrap paper or whatever makes sense to you. And that tells you where the learner's level of understanding is on that concept. It's a quick poll of the class at the end of class. It tells you what they've learned, and it may inform what you need to do next. And I mentioned polling in that description of an exit ticket. Polling can also happen during your class, and this is another great way to scaffold your students' learning. Polling means asking a question and gathering the responses. And you can do this through online software. You can do this through raised paddles where they've written the answer. You can do this through something as simple as what we call the thumb meter, which is you use your thumb to show a range from all the way down, which is 0, to all the way up, which is 100. And anywhere in between is valid. And so you would set up a question for the class to respond to. And you might ask for agreement with the thumb meter. You might ask for understanding. How much do you understand this topic? Whatever that is, you're using it to gauge the entire classroom's level of understanding. So those are a couple techniques that can foster scaffolded learning. There are plenty of others. And if you look at our Flatiron Educational Principles document, you will find a number of other techniques that can be used to foster scaffolded learning. But whatever you use, keep in mind that it's the job of the teacher to unpack the understandings in their students and to use the understanding that you've built about their level of knowledge to inform what you do next, to figure out the edge of that lumpy blob and move them out past it into the stretch zone or the zone of proximal development or whatever you want to think of that as, your job is to get students there because that is where actual learning takes place. That's it for episode three. Thanks for listening.